Texas Values friends. Jonathan Sines here, president of Texas Values. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. It's great to be with you to talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom on another glorious week in the state of Texas, as I like to say. But you know, this day is something that it's hard to use that word when we talk about it. But you know, while there has been a lot of concern when you think about the issue in the date of January 22nd, 1973, 48 years ago to this day, a court case that started in Texas was decided, Roe versus Wade, which allowed for abortion on demand throughout the United States. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about that today, something of great concern that we've had in our work for many years. But you know what? There are some good things to talk about that we can consider glorious. And we're gonna get into that discussion. And I've got two great guests that are gonna talk with us today. If you're watching on video on Facebook Live, like it, share it. If you're watching on other formats, subscribe to our channels, do all that stuff so we can multiply our impact and our effect on this video. We're gonna go for about 20, 25 minutes, gonna have a great conversation. I'm glad that it's not just me. I've got my great friends, Lauren Muzika, who heads up the group Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I've also got our great friend, David B. Wright, who helped start the 40, Lives, 40 Days for Life movement and continues to do great work for life, for religious freedom, for marriage and family. So many great things that he's doing out there as a part of his faith and a part of his ministry. And so, you know, really great to have the two of y'all on today. Let me start with you, Lauren. You know, we were talking off the air before we started. I've had the pleasure of getting to work with you for many years, going back, uh, you know, years when you were training, when you were going through law school. I know you're a proud graduate of Texas A&M University, went on to law school at Ave Maria, and, but have continued to distinguish yourself on the pro-life issue and doing such great work in leading Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Uh, thanks for being a guest today and joining us today. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Jonathan. Such a pleasure. Well, look, you know, from one Texan to, the, to another, you know, we have a lot of pride and we think about being from Texas, being Texans, but then you think about the Roe versus Wade decision. A lot of yeah. people don't realize this is a court case that started in Texas. And so for many of us, we see that as a responsibility to do something about it, but that also has given us an opportunity through the work that you're doing and others to make an impact on the lives of people every day who not only don't realize the case started in Texas, they don't really realize what the issue is about. Many of them don't even know a lot of the information when it comes to an unborn child. But the work that you do, you're able to meet people a lot of times right there before they're making that decision. And it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jonathan, as you so aptly reflected, I think it's important that we all pause and remember that because of this Supreme Court case, the Roe versus Wade decision that was handed down 48 years ago on this day, um, a decision where seven men on the Supreme Court imposed abortion on demand on all 50 states. It's important to remember the more than 60 million children who have lost their lives under the banner of so-called safe and legal choice and the mothers and fathers and the families who have been forever impacted by that decision, including our culture, our country, our world. Um, but I was also reflecting this morning on how God's people have stood up and shown up as people of faith and conscience have rallied together to respond to the crisis of abortion. We are seeing miracles on the uh, local state and even national level. 
I know a lot of us have heavy hearts right now because of the change of administration. And we know that there's a lot of uh, proposed policy changes by the Biden administration that we know is really going to challenge our work. You know, the last four years, it felt like we were kind of swimming uh, with the tide. We even had our president and vice president showing up at the March for Life. And now we've got an administration that feels like it's gonna challenge our work at every turn. But what I want to remind people is that, again, as God's people have responded to the call uh, to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, again, we have seen thousands of preborn children saved every single year. In the ministry that I do, Sidewalk Advocates for Life, we go to actually where abortions are taking place to affect change. We pray, we reach out in a spirit of peace, prayer, and love, and we are seeing women turn around in record numbers and accept our help. So regardless of what's going on in Washington, DC, you and I can do something today. You know, another thought that's so important, sometimes I hear people say, oh, well, you know, we need to forget about Washington, D.C., just work on, you know, the cultural, the grassroots level. I'm a, a big believer as an attorney that we actually work on both levels, which is why I love the work that you do, Jonathan. I know you really do work in both law and culture. One pours into the other, even if it's true that law tends to follow culture. So we have hope that as we continue to reach hearts and minds on this issue, that people will vote differently, that we will see a change of administration, that we will see changes as soon as 2022. So I just want to give people hope that be because of God's people responding to this call, record numbers of women are still turning around choosing life. Record numbers of abortion facility workers are leaving the business and finding hope and healing. During the Obama administration, the, the most anti-life administration to date, they were announcing record numbers of abortion facilities closing every year. That's amazing. Well, and so we're really, seeing a lot more of that around the country. And you know, it's interesting, yeah. talking with Laura Musica, also with David B. Wright, Today is the anniversary, if you will, January 22nd in 1973, that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on the Roe versus Wade decision, a Texas case allowing abortion as the law of the land, if you will, across the country on demand. You know, David, be right. I want to bring you into the discussion. Lauren was talking about the decision by the justices, all men. Sometimes people will bring that up. And I've had them from a young uh, time myself say, you know, you're a man, you shouldn't be talking about this issue. This is a woman's issue. And I remind them, what about the sex of the people on the Supreme Court? Those were all men. Why is it they were able to have a say on that issue? And so we certainly have a vital role, an important role, men, we do in this discussion, but we certainly understand the humanity side, right? Uh, what it's like and not ever walking in the steps of a woman, but certainly still being able to appreciate uh, the the uh, humanity and the preciousness of an unborn child. And for many of us being fathers and husbands ourselves, realizing how important that relationship is when sometimes women feel like they're in crisis. But I want to say one thing too, and this is what you've been a part of through 40 Days for Life and other movements, the power of prayer. And, and that you've brought so well from Texas A&M to, to go around the world uh, with your ministry. You've seen it probably better than anyone, how prayer can change hearts and minds. Yeah, Jonathan, well, thank you so much uh, for inviting us to be on the show with you here today. And um, I'm going to touch on both those points. First, on the point about men, and then I'll come back to prayer. 
uh, I'm always amused. Those who say men should stay out of this just celebrated the inauguration of a pro-abortion president named Joe Biden. He's a man. Why didn't they say, well, we can't vote for him and we can't support his inauguration? You also recognize that the majority of politicians who are proponents of abortion across the country at the local, state and national level are men. And the majority of abortionists are men. So we just realize it's just a talking point. It's just they're trying to silence half of those who recognize the injustice and the harm of abortion. And frankly, we as men are wired and built and created to be protectors and providers. We need to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and recognize that half of those who are losing their lives in the womb are women and half are men. So we have not only an opportunity, we have an obligation as men to be engaged in this movement. And I'm so thankful for the men who stand on the front lines shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm with the women like Lauren Musica, Kristen Hawkins, Abby Johnson, and so many others. On the point of prayer, I think for all of us, we realize that when you look at currently, you look at the situation in Washington, D.C., and you say, oh, my gosh, it's so daunting. The administration, the House, the Senate, controlled by pro-abortion politicians. You look and say the Supreme Court, we've had hopes there before, but is Amy Coney Barrett going to swing it? I don't know. Or you look at the situation of the media or big tech censorship right now, and you say it's impossible. Are you kidding me? End abortion? That's impossible. But we have to realize as people of faith that with man, you're right, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And that's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we bring our faith into this work. We don't set it aside. We don't silo it. We don't only have faith on Sunday and then everything we do the rest of the week has nothing to do with it. And that's why the work of Texas Values is so important. It's the integration of faith into everything we do in the public square, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. So it's vitally important that we as people of faith don't hide our faith, that we live out our faith courageously, a faith that tells us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And who's more voiceless right now than the preborn child in the womb and the mother? So our faith is vital, men are vital, and this is our moment of opportunity to do more good for the pro-life movement than we've had the opportunity to do in these last 48 years since Roe versus Wade was imposed upon our nation. Well, and look, we, we just finished a year where there was a lot of talk about health and a lot of talk about well-being and really coming into touch with a lot of things about how precious life is, right? How essential it is to have life, if I could state it that way from a lot of the, you know, the use of that term last year, and I imagine we'll see more of that, uh, us really becoming some, in some ways, more sensitive to the loss of life. And none of that should be diminished or thought of any less, but that's something that we grieve about year after year when we think about the Roe versus Wade decision. We think about the approximate amount of 50,000 abortions every year just in the state of Texas. Now, that number has come down quite a bit because we've been educating people, we've been praying with them, giving them more information, having more of an informed choice, standing alongside them through that journey, but it's still a pretty high number. And one thing that we continue to do every year, which is I'm excited that you're a part of this year, David B. Wright, and so is Texas Values. And I'm going to do a screen share here too, so people can see this. Um, this is a, uh, well, I lost my screen here. Um, this is the Texas Rally for Life that's coming up. Uh, for those watching on Facebook, this is Saturday, Saturday, January 23rd from 2 to 4. Uh, go to this website here to get more details. There's a live caravan. There's a live stream. We're not going to be doing it on the south steps of the Capitol as we usually do it 
because of a lot of the virus issues and so on. But that doesn't mean that uh, we're not going to continue to have this event and get together. You're going to be a part of it, David. And I know whether you're virtual, you're in a caravan, wherever you are, the energy you bring, the passion, and, and really that uh, authenticity to this issue, I think, is going to be very inspiring to a lot of people. And I'm excited that you're a part of it this year. And, and Jonathan, if I can just uh, share a couple of quick thoughts about that. First of all, I hope everybody can join us. If you're in the Austin area or within a three-hour drive, get in your vehicle, join the Life Caravan. It's going to be amazing display of the strength and unity of the pro-life movement, driving around the perimeter of the Capitol in a loop throughout Austin. It's going to be a powerful visual display that's actually going to be more prominent to the media and to the general public than just gathering in the Capitol grounds. If you can't join the virtual event, it's going to be amazing. And a lineup of speakers includes Governor Abbott and many other Others, uh, some Texas leaders, and there are many that are unannounced that will be joining from remote locations across the Lone Star State. But here's the point I want everybody to take away from this. You are so blessed to live in the most pro-life state in the union and the state that, yes, bears the responsibility of having brought the case that imposed abortion upon America, but I believe the state that has the responsibility to end what began in Texas. And when I travel, not only all across all 50 American states, but dozens and dozens of countries that I've visited, everywhere I go, people talk about the pro-life movement in Texas as the inspiration and the leadership that provides hope for the rest of the world. So literally, this is a moment at this time where we may be grieving the situation in Washington, D.C., we may be hopeful about Amy Coney Barrett and the makeup of the Supreme Court. We say Texas stood strong during the election, but still there are challenges. This is a moment to come together in force, virtually in the life caravan, to send a message not only across the Lone Star State, but to the nation and to the world that Texas is pro-life and Texas will continue to lead the way until abortion ends. And it's going to happen in Texas and it's going to happen throughout the country and around the world. Well, speaking of Texas, our legislative session has started. So that opportunity for us to do something at the state level, which we've done for many years, Texas Values has helped lead efforts the past four legislative sessions, the past pro-life laws. We still got our work cut out for us. That website is texasrallyforlife.org if you want to get connected for the event on Saturday. Lauren Musica, you know a lot about what happens at the Texas legislature, even though your, your work is all across the country. But you know, we feel that somewhat sense of responsibility to some extent with a court case starting here. But I really just, I'm excited for the work that you're doing. You've seen the policy side, you've seen the legal side, but you're so involved on the heart side of what's happening every day with women that are considering this decision, meeting them right there where they are. Tell us why that's been so important for, for women to know they've got someone there that cares. And then that's, you know, allowing them to receive information to make that decision for life. Yeah, well, what a great joy to be an attorney that by the grace of God ended up in grassroots pro-life work, right? It is, you know, we can never forget that at the heart of this battle, it is a mother in crisis. That if we reach her, then actually Roe versus Wade ends in that moment. And that's what I remember is every time we go to an abortion facility and God's people show up and they reach out, miracles do happen. A, a lot of people love to say, oh, well, she's already made up her mind when she arrives at the abortion facility. We have found, I have found in over 20 years of being on the sidewalk, that is just not true. These mothers often have been lied to. Uh, they've been sold a bill of goods. They've been told that you can't do this. You're not strong enough. Your circumstances, um, you know, beg that you 
you must take the life of your child in order to get the life that you want. And that's the great lie that the enemy feeds us and the culture feeds us. And so we find that when we stand in that gap and we, we, we speak words of peace and hope into her life, again, the hope that we get from Jesus Christ, that mothers quite often will burst into tears or, you know, it's like the weight of the world is off their shoulders and they'll say, okay, I'll go to the pregnancy center with you. It's really our grace to be a gateway to the life-affirming resources in our community. We connect with life-affirming pregnancy resource centers, which I know a lot of your supporters contribute to. Keep doing that. And again, we're going to keep being the gateway right there where abortions take place, helping to save lives and gradually end abortion community by community. Well, and, and right after saying that, I think about that, right? How, how much of a difference that can be when you touch woman's heart, they see you in person. But, you know, as a trained lawyer, as I was taught in law school, the law is a teacher. And yeah. I firmly believe if Roe versus Wade was not the law of the land, you would not see the number of abortions that we see today. People oftentimes base their sense of morality on what does the law say that I can do? And so we'll continue to do this work and continue to change things but with that court case still there, it seems oftentimes, and that's not all there is to it, but as long as it exists, it's something that we need to be making efforts uh, to show people uh, the concerns that are there and the difference we can have uh, and the right to say, this should be revisited by the US Supreme Court. A lot of people talked about that with Amy Coney Barrett getting confirmed, the most recent US Supreme Court justice. I mean, think about that. How were they able to do that? in a short amount of weeks right before the election. Wow, it almost seems like a miracle. Uh, but she was up for the task. But for a, a woman, a mother, to be in that role now, I think a lot more people are thinking about these issues a little bit deeper and saying, why shouldn't we be able to revi revisit this issue at the U.S. Supreme Court? Look at all the technology. I mean, you think about the movie Unplanned. What's now knowing a little bit of what happens in the abortion clinic, women seeing a sonogram, being able to have a detectable heartbeat, all these things are allowing women, and, and not just women, but all of us to go, you know what, this, it's hard to deny that there is a living, breathing human being inside that womb, and it should be protected. Absolutely. Jonathan, can I throw one additional? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, David, please. Yeah, yeah and Lauren, I, I can't wait to hear from you because I'm not a lawyer, nor do I play one on TV. But one of the things that I think people don't recognize <laughs> is even if we have cases, and there are some that have been filed literally in recent weeks that could directly challenge Roe v. Wade, cause the court to revisit it, possibly cause erosion of the case, and even potentially overturn it, is when, not if, when Roe versus Wade is eventually overturned, all that will do is throw the decision back to the states. And that's why it's more important now than ever for us to locally and statewide organize and be strong as a pro-life movement. So again, understanding what we do now matters more than ever because now we've got a court that potentially could revisit and potentially overturn Roe v. Wade, we have to be ready for that state-by-state -state battle. The abortion industry is ready. They're preparing for it. We need to be ready for it. And in Texas, you can win that fight. Well, and a lot of the efforts too, at the state level, when laws are passed that are strong, they really set up that conflict or that situation where now you can have something that, you know, obviously the other side is likely to challenge. Then you have an opportunity to be up at the U.S. Supreme Court and have these issues dealt with and find out what now a new set of Supreme Court judges think about these issues. And so um, that activity is happening right now. And so I want people, you go to our website, TX, 
sign up for our email, all these different things that are going on right now to the Capitol. I know last session, David, you were one of our speakers. We're doing that event again, our Faith and Family Day on March 17th. But you can come to the Capitol. You can engage on any day. Those efforts to, uh, to pass these laws, to put them in place, to get them voted on in committees, all those things are starting, and they're going to start moving very quickly. The state level is where you can really start this effort to see what's going to happen for Roe versus Wade. But then to David's point, when it comes back to us, we need to make sure we're ready to say where that line should be drawn. Uh, but, you know, I, Texas continues to be important, this conversation, but it is a national dialogue. You look at the impact that another Texan, Abby Johnson, was able to have in her speech last year. You look at some of the work of like Lila Rose and people that are young folks that are now younger than me, thankfully, okay? I was born in 1973, so now we know how old I am uh, and coming up in September. But that's how long it's been going on. And you think about how really, I think the, the, the approaches have been refined and people can authentically see that this is truly a life issue. This is a human issue uh, that all people can care about and does not have to be uh, partisan. You see people that are that are Democrats as well as Republicans that care about this issue. And so, but when I think about where Texas is in this equation, I do think about that responsibility. And I do think that, um, you know, whether or not it's going to be this year or very soon, whether or not it's under a Biden administration or whatever, all we have is today. And we have, we've got momentum, Lauren. And that's what I think a lot about when I see young people more engaged and I see a lot of new voices and a lot of new activity, and I see people from the left, right, Democrats, members of Congress, Tulsi Gabbard, filing pro-life bills. Uh, I think that's something that we can take a look at and be encouraged and let people know there is a lot of unity or a lot of uh, bipartisanship, if you will, and a lot of common ground on these issues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jonathan, one of my biggest takeaways in interning with you is that Texas is a trendsetter state and that a lot of states are watching what happens in Texas and learning from Texas and doing what Texas has done, right? Um, it is such a pleasure to be in the, you know, greatest pro-life state in the entire country. Um, we stand on the shoulders of giants, those of us in the younger generation. We continue to learn uh, from wisdom that has gone before us. I was especially reflecting on that as we lost, you know, Joe Scheidler of Pro-Life Action League earlier this week, who's known as the godfather of peaceful pro-life activism, you know. Um, his inspiration, I know, is carrying me forward. He's one of the inventors of sidewalk counseling. And uh, for if not for the foundation that he laid, we wouldn't be seeing the victories that we are in Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And so I'm very grateful to people like you. You're not that much older than me, Jonathan, so I can't put you in the generation right. ahead. But right. I have learned from you, yeah. and I really have appreciated what I've learned from Texas values. And you know, the last thing I'll say is that I really want to underscore this relationship between law and culture, that one pours into the other. It is true that uh, law tends to follow culture. And so when you have those moments of frustration with Washington, D.C., remember that you can do something on the grassroots level to affect change. But again, as an attorney, I very much believe that we've got to work to make abortion illegal and unthinkable. Absolutely. All right. I got 30 seconds left with y'all. Uh, I want to pull David B. right back in again. Speaking of law and policy, Governor Greg Abbott's going to be at this Texas rally for life tomorrow. That's a pretty good sign for the state of Texas when the governor is really kind of your lead or keynote speaker in right in the middle of a legislative session starting. David, I know you spent a good amount of your life in Texas at Texas A&M, uh, and that's encouraging to see Governor Abbott leading this effort and excited for you to be a part of it. I'm hoping for some big numbers tomorrow. 
I think it's going to be super exciting. Yes, Governor Abbott headlining it. Senator Donna Campbell from Texas Senate District 25. Uh, Bishop Vasquez from the uh, Diocese of Austin. Abby Johnson will be there. I'm actually going to be the only remote person that's not going to be there going through because of social distancing on the stage near the Capitol where they'll be broadcasting from. It's going to be an amazing program, TexasRallyForLife.org. Texas Values is on the forefront of this as one of the host committee members helping to organize and promote this event. You can certainly follow the event on the Texas Values Facebook page, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be invigorating, and it's going to, yes, reflect that we have challenges, but it's going to tell us how we can be a part of the solution to be that voice for the voiceless and save more lives than ever before until that day when abortion ends and no more women cry and no more children die. Absolutely. David B. Wright, Laura Muzica, thanks for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. And thanks for all that you do for the promotion and the issue and the protection of life. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Well, I have just a couple of minutes left because that was such a great conversation. Great to bring the two of them together. And it, it, I have a pleasure that I've had some history with them on some of these issues but, you know, look, TXValues.org, if you want to check out our website, you can find out more about our work and the small role that we're playing tomorrow, certainly helping, but a lot of people that are participating in this. And that's what, when we come together, we can do great things. And if you see value in our work, you can support us at TXValues.org, make a tax-deductible donation. We're going to be at the Capitol every day of the legislative session. That's really the heart of what we do, helping pro-life laws, helping religious liberty laws, get past. We only have five months. We only meet every two years, okay? It's a small amount of time that we have, but somehow we can get things done, and that's because of the friendships and the partnerships we have with people like Laura Musica, David B. Wright, and so many of the people that are part of the host committee and putting this event together tomorrow, TexasRallyForLife.org. I have lost count on how many of these pro-life events and rallies every year that I've been a part of, but I'm going to close out by just from reminding that you know, I had one small role to play, if you will, suing the University of Houston when I was a law student for the free speech rights of the pro-life group, but the real victory came later because we were able to have an event as a part of our successful lawsuit and be on campus when a young lady came to us with questions. She was pregnant. She was being pressured to have an abortion by her boyfriend. She got information with us from us, and because of that, she decided to keep the life in her womb. So that was 18 years ago. And it still means a lot to me that I played a small role in one uh, the protection of one life. And it keeps me going so often to think about that, how important we never know when we're going to make that difference. And that's why it's important to get engaged, know the laws, know the good information, and be in a position to share this critical information that literally can be life and death. And that's what we do at Texas Values. TXValues.org is our website to find out what we're doing. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report, where we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in Texas.